talk about uh, tonight, Money Cometh. And we're going, to, we're going to release the vocabulary of the word concerning our provision, our supply, and our funding in the new covenant. In the new covenant. And we're, we've just looked in the word. I've, I've lifted these scriptures out. Now occasionally, don't, don't be hollering at me. Occasionally I found that one or two of them got in there twice. And uh, they started, I, you know... Uh, the Lord is my shepherd. And then I might have somewhere else just said, Lord is my shepherd. So you may find some duplicates in there, but I've pretty much weeded them out. So I'm going to ask Pamela to come, and she's going to start us off. We're going to read the word tonight. Abound, abound unto every good work, abundantly, abundance. All grace abound towards you. All nations shall call you blessed. All sufficiency in all things, all the money that cometh into a man's heart to bring, all things and more than enough, all these things shall be added unto you. Yes, all things work together for good to them who love him. Also freely give us all things. As he is, so are we in this world. Ask and it shall be given. Ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Become rich, abundantly supplied, being enriched in all things to all bountifulness. Believe you receive them, and you shall have them. Be rich, blessed be the fruit of blessed be the fruit of thy ground, fruit of thy cattle and thy sheep. Blessed to be a blessing. Blessed is the man. Blessing flowed out beyond measure for me. Bounty bringeth forth his fruit in its season. Changed my wages ten times, but God suffered him not to hurt me. Chastisement of our shalom, prosperity was upon him. Come to you in abundance, cup runneth over. Delightsome land, enjoy plenty and live in abundance enough, enriched in everything unto all bountifulness. Everyone that asketh receiveth everything I need and amply supplied, exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think, exceeding great reward, favor, and blessing of our Lord flowed out super abundantly. Fed thee in the wilderness with manna, filled twelve baskets, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. First that cometh up, thou shalt find a piece of money. Flows with milk and honey, fruit put to your account, furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Give you great and goodly cities which thou buildest not. Given unto us all things, God gave the increase. God hath dealt wondrously with you. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. God loveth a cheerful giver. God provides bread for eating. God provides seed to the sower, goodly, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over great substance, 
has built goodly houses. He blesses the habitation of the just. He ministereth seed to the sower. He rained flesh upon them as the dust and feathered fowl as sands of the sea. He that gathered little did not lack. He that multiply your seed sown, having all sufficiency in all things. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. His leaf also shall not wither. Horns shall be exalted. I am thy shield and exceeding great reward. In her wisdom's left hand riches and honor. It is the Lord God who giveth thee power to get wealth. If God be for us, who can be against us? Increase you more and more. Infinitely above our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes, inherit substance and fill their treasures. I will open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Knock and it shall be opened to you. Lend unto many nations. Make rich. Man did eat angels' food. Might be rich. More than enough. Multiply your seed sown. Multiply your resources for sowing. My God shall supply all thy need according to his riches in glory. Neither shall your fruit cast her fruit before the time. Yay. Neither shall any plague come near thy dwelling, not room enough to receive it. Nothing shall be impossible to him who believes. Open unto thee his good treasure. Open you the windows of heaven. Overflow with wine and oil. People bring much more than enough for the service of the work. People restrained from giving. Plenteous and good. Plenty. Plenty and be satisfied. Pour you out a blessing, possessing enough to require no aid or support. Prepare a table before you in the presence of my of enemies. Profit added to your account. Prosper and be in health. Prosperity. Prosperous. Reap bountifully. Receive a reward. Render a full supply for what is lacking to the saints. Riches. Riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Rich reward. Seek and ye shall find. Set me in a large place. Set thee on high above. Ye shall reap bountifully. Shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Shall not want. Shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. Smote the rock that the waters did gush out. Stuff they had was sufficient and too much. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty. So ye would abound more and more. Stuff they had was sufficient for all the work and too much. Success, superabundantly above. Supply the want of the saints. Supply all your needs from his glorious riches. Surpassing measure of God's grace that they might have Zoe life and have it more abundantly, that ye may abound to every good work. That ye through his poverty might become abundantly supplied. The blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. I have a good reward. 
The chastisement of our shalom, prosperity, was upon him. The floors shall be full of wheat. The Lord gave them favor, and they did spoil the Egyptians. <laughs> the Lord make you to increase. The Lord shall fill your storehouses with grain. The Lord will give you prosperity in the land. The press is full. The surpassing measure of God's grace. The vat shall overflow with wine and oil. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. Then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. There shall not be room enough to receive it. Thy presses shall burst out with new wine, very rich. Whatever the need you may, whatever the need, you may be self-sufficient. Wealth and wealthy, wealth and riches shall be in this house, wealthy place. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. What things soever ye desire, when ye pray, ye shall have them. When thou hast built goodly houses and dwell therein, when thou hast eaten and are full, when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, when thy silver and gold is multiplied and all that thou hast is multiplied, wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed, which teacheth thee to profit. will also reap generously and with blessing, will richly fill your every need in a glorious way. With his abundant wealth, my God will supply all your needs. With thy wisdom, thou hast gotten riches. Without contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. Ye are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise, ye having all sufficiency in all things. You can be generous. You may always and under all circumstances. You might be made wealthy. You will be enriched in all things and in every way. You will lend to many nations and never borrow from them. Boy. That ought to change your life right there. It'd be wrong. I said it'd be wrong for a tither to complain, to be worried, to be frustrated. Y'all say amen. amen. Yeah, there's just, we got backup here. If you find more, because I heard a couple of doubles in there, uh, but if you find more, something else. I thought of two more today, but I ran out of paper. And uh, didn't think you'd appreciate me scribbling it in on the margins. But if you find more, we'll write them down and we'll, we'll make us a comprehensive list of the Word of God concerning our provision, our supply, and the funding of God's covenant. The God's covenant. Amen. Amen. Would you turn in your Bible with me to Romans chapter 2? Let's talk about money cometh tonight. Money cometh. We got just a few minutes here. Romans chapter 2. What I want to minister on tonight is the, the big picture. Sometimes in healing and in prosperity, we, we get caught up with the, the, the mechanics. Well, you do this or you do that or you believe this or you confess that. But we're just cogs in a, in a gearbox. We're just gears in a gearbox if we don't know why. If we don't know where the output shaft is, if we don't know... Well, how this is going to work, we're just turning inside. And that's where a lot of the body of Christ has been. As a matter of fact, uh, I was raised, or not raised, but brought up in, in a certain doctrine that, that talked about confession. And confession is so right. But we were trying to confess it to possess it. And that's not how it works, is it? You have to see it. You have to seize it. And you have to speak it. In Romans chapter 2, let's, let's look at some, some basic how this works. Verse 3. Hallelujah. 
And thinkest thou this, O man, that judges them which do such things? So it's in the discourse there, and we just don't have time to, but that's not the point. And doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? So he's talking about being judgmental about things that you're doing yourself. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering? Why would we do that? Not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. That's so profound. That is so important. That God's not whacking us to lead us to change. He's not, he's demon gods. I wrote this down, demon gods. Demon gods, that would be Hindu gods. That would be uh, Muslim gods. That would be heathen demon gods. One thing they do is they demand. If you know anybody that's ever served in those, they're totally in a realm of works. They inflict. They threaten and inflict. Uh, demons. We're talking about demons. And they, they smite. That's the word I came up with. It's in the Bible. You don't get to use smite much, so I found a place for it. Uh, they punish and they mock demon gods. But our Father does not afflict. Does not, not ever. No matter how bad you've seen somebody, God wasn't at the source of it. They, our God does not withhold. Say that part with me. Does not withhold. Now, you'll find that in churches preached every, every week. That the reason you're going through trouble is because you've been bad to the bone and God's having to straighten you out by withholding or putting a little trouble in your life. And uh, they, they use the chastening scriptures, which are taken completely out. But our Father, our God, does not afflict. He does not smite. He does not withhold. And um, one way we know that is in Exodus 21. Let me read that to you. The word says in Exodus 21, 15, He that smiteth his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. Well, now, why would God tell us to not smite and then be a smiter? Is that right? Why, what a hypocrite he is if he tells us to, to give and he doesn't give. If he tells us to forgive, but he doesn't forgive. If he tells us that we're bad, uh, if we tell people uh, we're, they're bad, and then God turns around and tells us we're bad. It just, there's no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. So Psalm 136.1 says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. This is one of my favorite scriptures. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good and his mercy endureth forever. Amen. There's an enduring in there. <laughs> in other words, he's having to work through some time and some situations, but he endures, he outlasts us. 3 John 2, brethren, I pray above all things that you may prosper. God wants us to prosper and be in health, even as our soul prospereth. So we're just making a case here that God is in the prosperity business that he, for some reason, some reason, we hadn't completely discovered it yet, he wants to prosper you, despite our unbelief, despite our not having a grasp on what we would do if we were prospered, or the purpose that heaven has for prospering us. 
we're kind of iffy about that. We just know pretty much that, that we should get all we can, can all we get, and sit on the can if you can. Isn't that catchy? Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 8.18, would you turn there? This is Old Testament, of course. But that just tells us that he started out early talking about his plan for our life. Money cometh. Money cometh. Money cometh. Well, why is that? Are you trying to make something happen? No, I'm just trying to acknowledge what has already happened. I'm just trying to agree with heaven. I'm just changing tradition and religion into truth. It says in verse 18, the Lord is, let's see, Deuteronomy 8. Well, that's not going to work. 18, 818, here we go. He's in a discourse again. In verse 17, he says, Don't say in your heart, My power and the might of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth, but thou shalt remember, say this, he says, Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. Power to get wealth. Say it with me. Power to get wealth. Now, that's out of the B-I-B-L-E. That's out of the scriptures. Now, you can make the word say anything you want to, but this place right here says he's given you power to get wealth, but we don't know why until we read the rest of verse 18. And it says that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. So it's not just to bless us. We like to bless our kids, but our, we want to bless our kids, our children. We want to bless them so that they'll be a blessing. We, don't not, we just don't like them suffering, but we want them to have the tools, the opportunity to go out and do something for God. The TEV, today's English version, would that be right? Hallelujah. He said that it says, give you the power to become rich. God shouldn't have put it in the word if he didn't want us to believe it. Amen. If we're to ignore this, let's just ignore a bunch of stuff. It says in the New Living, gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed. Now, let, let me just tell you, I know who I'm talking to tonight, and I know y'all are 100% in. This isn't new. This isn't uh, like, wow, I never heard that before. We're absolutely in. And the temptation is just to blow it off and say, I know all that. When, when is he going to get something I don't know? The truth is, you only know what you do. You don't know what you think. You know what you're willing to do. So no one that says that they believe but doesn't do what they say they believe, believes. So we're in a curve. We're in a gradient. We're in a, we're in a transfer. We're going from faith to faith, glory to glory. And we're moving towards that, but there's areas where something pops up and causes us to doubt, causes us to hesitate, causes us to draw back. And what we thought we had, we find out, I just got measured. And I found out I don't know or believe as much as I thought. So we have to constantly be flushing and washing and, and re-energizing the word in our life and come to grips with revelation. It's not your head that's going to get you through. It's the mind of Christ down here that's going to get you through. Amen. Amen. So he said, God said, the reason he wants you rich isn't just you. Of course, when the water goes through the pipe, the pipe gets wet, so it's all good. We're the pipe and he's blessing us. But it says he wants to establish his covenant. 
And this sounds real special to God. He didn't just say, well, so I can get the, the Jebusites to go down to Ninevite. And, and it wasn't one of those things. He said, I have a plan. I have a reason for this. And I want you to be rich, to be wealthy, to be supplied, to have no concern for your need, to know and believe there's plenty more where that came from so that you can do the covenant. How many of y'all know when you don't have enough money, you're highly focused on getting money? And a lot of stuff goes by the wayside when we don't have enough money. Yeah, you just, everything else has to be put on hold because we got to make it. We got to eat every day. We got to feed those babies. We got to put gas in the car to go to work. And that is important. But once you have a full supply, then you're able, if you don't get, get lust, if you're not the love of money, you're able to go out there and say, what does God want me to do? And now I have a car that I can get there and I have time that I can give to it. And so he did. I would like for you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9 because the Lord said he wanted to, to establish and fulfill the covenant. Would you say that with me? Establish and fulfill the covenant. So as important as you are and you are, I am, we're not the whole reason. It's not just Father God saying, well, you know, I love my kids. I'm going to bless them. And he does, and he does, but he's got a bigger plan. He's after the lost. He's after those that are not where you and I are in the kingdom, and he, he's not willing that any should perish. But since money cannot be grown on trees, and since he doesn't rain it down from heaven because that would be counterfeit, he has to have a plan to finance the kingdom. Well, it's a mystery. It's hidden. Who, who, where's God going to get his money? Well, the mystery is uh, uh, Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the mystery, that he's going to use him in you to affect the world that's outside of you. Anybody says money doesn't make you, ha doesn't make you happy is wrong, among other things. If it's the only thing you got, you won't be happy long, but it's hard to be happy with a lot of things. If you're not funded and the Lord knows that dear Lord, he's the one that created this whole world, this whole system. He's the one that set the elements up and how things work. So if he doesn't know about money and he's not purposeful about money, then whose fault is it? It's not mine. I just got birthed into this system. And so God knows and he knows what's he doing in first Corinthians chapter nine. I want to just spend a few minutes not just working on what you already know. But revelation, flesh and blood hath not revealed us this unto thee, but my father in heaven. That's what you'll believe is what you have revelation about. He says in verse seven, who goeth a warfare any time at his own charges. Would you read it with me? Who goeth a warfare any time at his own charges. I don't know if y'all read that or not. So we're going to do it again. Ready? Read. Who goeth a warfare any time at his own charges? Now, that's true, isn't it? Isn't this true? Who goeth a warfare at any time at his own charges? I looked it up in the Amplified, and it says, Consider this. What soldier at any time serves at his own expense? No, Lord. When we sign up in the military or whatever, it's already paid for. Um... 
The New Living says, what soldier has to pay his own expenses? He's making a point here, isn't he? The contemporary English says, do soldiers pay their own salaries? The message says, are soldiers self-employed? Self-employed? No, we're definitely working. Yeah. yeah. The Bible in basic English says, whoever goes to war without looking to someone to be responsible for his payment. This is real powerful. I know it seems redundant, but it's real powerful to get this in, that God wants to fund you if you're in his army. The uh, TEV, the, uh, that today's English is what I'm guessing. He, uh, well, that's another verse. That's, that's, verse, that's in chapter 18, so that doesn't work. Whoever goes to war without looking to someone to be responsible for his payment. So I'm funded beyond me. And that means I'm funded beyond my goodness or my, my deserving or my, my points or my, uh, my, my place or my status. He's going to use me like you might use a gun to shoot an animal, or a deer will say, so that you can go home and have venison. Well, the gun was used, but it was the guy that was behind the gun that actually shot the bullet and took it home. And so the Lord's using us. I'm not making us a gun. I'm not making the kingdom a piece of meat. I'm just saying we are instruments of righteousness that he is trusting in order to carry out his kingdom, to establish and fulfill his covenant. So that makes me important. That makes me qualified. I'm qualified now because I'm saying yes to the Lord. If you bring it to me, I'll bring it back to the kingdom and I'll do it where you say. You got money over here that's in this and involved in that. If you'll bring it to me through my job or through an investment or through anything, if you'll bring it to me, Lord, I'll put it where you want it. I'll sow it into Africa. I'll, I'll, I'll fund the soup kitchen. I will do it. Now, see, this interests the Lord. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 18 that the reason that God chose Abraham, it says because he would command his household after him. It was a big deal because he had to go all the way to the Messiah with that gospel, with that covenant. He had to find a path that every generation would believe. Well, we're grafted into the Lord Jesus and we believe. We know the lust of the flesh try to carry us off. We know sometimes we're just blessed and we want to be the blessing back to us. We know lots of people that do it wrong. You know, like we say. I've seen a car wreck, but I just keep driving mine. You know, we, do, we don't get wound up and say, well, I'm never driving again because somebody wrecked in it. And we've seen people misuse and abuse the kingdom finances. Have y'all seen those people? Maybe you've been one of those people at one time. But we're all straightened out now, and he doesn't need the whole world, the whole, the whole gang of us to be right. He just needs a remnant because he can fund you into, like Eric passed out a while ago, he can fund you in the million rim. So he doesn't need a hundred people to do a thousand if he can find someone that will obey him with a million. But it takes a level of cooperation and qualifications for him to trust you and me to handle a million. Is that right? So how does he do that? Well, he qualifies us with $10. And then he qualifies us with a hundred. 
And then he sends a thousand in and, says, and looks back and says, I wonder what he'll do. He didn't start out with a thousand. He started out with ten. And we worked that ten. It was just as important as the thousand at, at the time. But uh, we qualify. Faithful over little, master over much. And that's the way it always has been, and that's the way it always will be. He is qualifying you and I. It's called stewardship in the Bible. He's qualifying us. If we will be faithful over what is another man's, the word says, he will give us what is our own. Amen. So it's like, I can do that. I don't have to be rocket science smart. I don't have to be coming from a family. I don't have to have anything except a seed. And I can qualify over the seed. You know the story of Kenneth Copeland is the first time he went to church ever. He, he was lost there in, the, in there. And he said, and they were asking for an offering. He said, I don't have anything. But he found the pencil that they gave him to fill out his visitor card. So he put the pencil in the offering. And there goes the story of Kenneth Copeland. Well, everybody started out at the bottom. And so did we. So to fund the kingdom, we have to work the kingdom. And I said last week that it's not pleasing to God for a church to turn to the world to be funded. Now, you, you may get mad at me, and, you know, I wish you wouldn't. But he doesn't need, he never has needed our garage sales and our fundraisers and our cookie sales to finance missions, the building program, now, we can go there, we can go there, and, and sure, you can do that, but that's not what he originated. That's what we thought of. And we don't need the world to finance the kingdom. We need to obey the kingdom. Obey the word, faithful over little. And so we can do that. So, uh, God wants to finance us because he wants to finance his kingdom. Now, you may think, God's got all the money in the world, and he can do anything he wants to with anything he wants to. He doesn't need my $100 because, after all, he's got the cattle on a thousand hills. The silver and the gold are his. What does he need my stuff for? Lord, you go do yours. I'm busy right now. I'm busy, I'm busy trying to put a house payment together. You know, I want you to win Nepal and Algeria and all that, but right now I am trying to make a car payment. But he just doesn't work that way, he, even though he's set the system in, the whole system works on seed, time, and harvest. Even Father God had to sow a seed for you and me. He sowed the Lord Jesus for you and me. So he worked that own principle, and now we have to work that principle too. So uh, three things, uh, two things. He wants to demonstrate in this process his love. God loves me. Say it with me. God loves me. Again, God loves me. Now, if we take that out of the equation, we're just mechanical Christian businessmen that are sowing in order to reap and profit and loss statements and all that. That's not it. He's in love with me. He's in love. He doesn't just love me. He's in love. And he doesn't care about money. He cares about me. But when I start caring about him, then I care about money in a way that cares about him. I want to help the kingdom. I was birthed in the kingdom. I was refathered from above, just like you. And I want to help the family. 
It's, it's a sorry family member that takes advantage of his parents and his siblings, robs from them, pilfers them, and runs off. We all think that's sorry. And so we can't do that in the kingdom. He will supply all of our need according to his riches and glory. So I'm going to say that God's first class. I'm going to say he wants to go first class. I'm going to say that he wants that excellent position for you and me, that we're his kids, and that if the devil's kids, that would be everybody that's not born again, if the devil kids are sitting in the first class in the excellent positions, then things are out of order. Now, I realize we can't just wake up one day and say, I'm supposed to be at the head of this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start ruling and reigning and expect that to happen by afternoon. You've got to prove your stewardship. You've got to prove your, 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 your heart. But if you'll start on the track, and we have here at River Church, we've proved him now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open unto you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you can hardly contain. We've proved him. Have y'all proved him? Well, the reason I know you have is because you just keep on proving him. You keep on taking it up another notch. Turn with me to Joel. We've got just a few minutes. Turn me to, with me to Joel, the book of Joel. Uh, Joel is, uh, yeah, it's in the O books. There's five O books. If you find one, you're just no more than four away. Where's Joel? <laughs> There's five. There it is, Hosea. It's in here somewhere. Amos. Joel, there she are. Okay, Joel 22, uh, verse 24. Now, listen to these words. We read 160... How many did we read? 167. There was two or three duplicates in there, but uh, we read a bunch of scriptures that talked to increase. Talk to increase. Talking to you about increase. Talking about God's intention for his children. He has made it plain. How, how more plain could he make? You wouldn't believe him more if he walked through the door and said, I've come to bless you all the days of your life. You'd go, well, was that God? Was that a devil? Was that an apparition? What, what was that? But right here we have a sure word. This is more reliable than anything else that you could put your hands on or hear. Anything. And anything that I or anybody else says to you from a pulpit or in conversation you need to prove it according to the word because this is the standard. So it says in Joel chapter 2, verse 24, and the, and the floor shall be full of wheat and the fat shall overflow with wine and oil. That was in those verses we just read. And I will restore to you the years that the locust worm hath, locust hath eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, the palm worm, my great army which I sent among you, and ye shall eat in plenty. I, it says, I shall eat in plenty. Are, are y'all personalizing this with me? I shall eat in plenty. Hallelujah. And I shall be satisfied. You know, you can get in the world and get some money together and not be satisfied. He addeth no sorrow to it. So he said, and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you. And my people, my people, my people, he said, shall never be ashamed. Well, we've been ashamed. Yeah. I can tell you the church has been ashamed. Having our hands out saying, would you support my girl going to 
camp, youth camp, and would you would you buy a cookie here so that uh, so that we can send money to missionaries? Now it could happen. It could happen where they do that, but we're not looking to that. Well, amen. Ecclesiastes, turn to. You're almost there. You're no more than half a Bible away. Ecclesiastes chapter nine. There is a supernatural event that happens in church where the clock hands are translated. <laughs> Five, 15, 40, they just seem to go, hallelujah. Chapter nine, look in verse uh, 14. Wow, here was, here's, a, here's a discourse uh, by Solomon. There was a little city and few men within it. And there came a great king against this little city with few men in it and besieged it and built great bulwarks against it. Now there was found in this little city a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city. Yet, yet, no man remembered that same poor man. And then he says, wisdom is better than strength. Um, the the TEV version, today's English version. I'm catching it, Barry. I, I really am. Hallelujah. There was a little town without many people in it. A powerful king attacked it. He surrounded it and prepared to break through the walls. A man lived there who was poor, but so clever that he could have saved the town. But no one thought about him. I've always said that wisdom is better than strength, but no one thinks of a poor man as wise or pays attention to what he says. Now, this is a principle in the kingdom. It's, it's talking about how people think. And if you hadn't got some stuff, no matter how much stuff you have, that there's no regard. And this is true. The uh, contemporary says, yet if you are poor, no one pays any attention to you, no matter how smart you are. And the English standard says, the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard. So here it's saying that the world will not hear a poor man. This is in the Bible, isn't it? The world will not hear a poor man. I'm going to say this and we'll quit. Wealth with faith is Satan's greatest nightmare. Because money makes you omnipresent. Only God is omnipresent, even the angels, certainly the devil's not omnipresent, but you can be omnipresent because your seed can be working in an orphanage in the Philippines, building a church in Liberia, while you're sitting here in this place in the air conditioning and the lights, and yet you're all over the world. Money can do that. And God made money. He set up the currency system, but he had a plan for it. And even though the world has grossly perverted this plan, and made it seem like money is evil. And the church has bought that for all these generations. Poverty is holiness. If you have money, there's something wrong with you. And there wasn't much wrong with the church based on that. So you don't have, you really don't have a covenant voice. Let me say it again. We'll quit there. We don't really have a covenant voice until we have prosperity in our life. 
Now, we're speaking, and we can tell, and we can go and do, but the strength of your influence is first measured, first measured by the world on your prosperity. Now, just think about that for a while. Isn't that amazing? Because we would have thought it was based on how many scriptures you knew or how long you could quote the word or, or your eloquence or your... your and, but they don't pay any attention to that. But I can tell you, Kenneth Copeland, he's, uh, he's one of the wealthiest televangelists in the, I guess in the world, I don't know. He's got, he's got some stuff. And people do criticize him, but I'll tell you, the part that most people don't know is that he's given away 64 or more airplanes and jets. He'll invite somebody to come to his church in, uh, West, in uh, East Texas, and he'll walk them out there and give them a $2 million jet or airplane. And it's not junk. He's gone through it and upgraded everything, the avionics, the interior, everything. He's upgraded because he doesn't want to sow any gimpy seed. Now, I'm not, I'm not advocating this or talking about that. I'm just saying I have seen it in evidence that one of the wealthiest people in the community of faith is also the biggest giver that anybody has ever heard of. Can't lose with the stuff we use. Amen. Amen. So we've, we're on our way. We're not in hot pursuit of anything. We're not, we're not putting down stuff to pick up something and go, go off and get rich. We're not even thinking about it. Now listen to me. We're not even thinking about getting wealthy. We're not even putting our focus or our mind on, when can I get some stuff? But we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things are added unto us. The reason that good, holy men and women don't prosper is because of that lie about money will corrupt you. And the church has rose up and said, we don't want anybody rich in our midst. And so people have backed off. I'm not backing off. Amen. So God bless you. Thank you for tuning in this evening to River Church in Tuscaloosa. And we'll see you Sunday. Praise God.